Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. As we've been going through a series called Basic Training, and I divided it up into three phases. The first phase is truth, which is what we just went over. We finished that first phase, and basically with the truth section, we were laying down some foundational truths that each of us need to be aware of. First of all, how we got into the situation in which we needed Jesus Christ, and the sacrifice that Jesus made for us in our new standing. And that was all in the truth section. Now we're getting ready to enter into phase two, and we're going to look at the issue of righteousness. Now, when I talk about righteousness, I'm not talking about the righteousness that you and I have, because we don't have any. But basically, Christ's righteousness and how you and I are to live in Christ's righteousness. That is, how we're to live out of the truth that we had just looked at in phase one. Now we're going to look at the issue of righteousness in phase two. So we're going to talk about living the Christian life over the next few weeks. Now, as we start this phase, we need to really lay something very foundational down for each of us here to understand. And you may want to write this one down. You and I cannot live the Christian life alone. Write it down. You and I cannot live the Christian life alone. Because here's the thing, probably you're here this morning, and you could say, you know, I've tried it, George, it just doesn't work. I get frustrated. No matter how much I try to do what I'm supposed to do, I can't do it. And the good stuff that I want to do, I don't want to do. And so you're sitting here, and you're frustrated over and over with your Christian life, and you maybe are here, you've even had thoughts of just chucking it. You mean you're saying, you know, if this Christianity thing is what it is, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And some of you are saying, well, could somebody feel that way? Yes, a lot of people feel that way. Because the problem, though, is, is that what's going on is, is that they're trying to live the life that Christ wants us to live on their own, by themselves. And here's the reality. You can't do it. You cannot do it. In fact, that's even the testimony of Jesus in John chapter 15. In fact, this is not the passage that we're going to look at, but I want you to listen to what Jesus says. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in me. Neither can you unless you abide in me. That's in John chapter 15, verse 4. What's Jesus saying here? You need to abide in him. You need to have a relationship with him. You need to be so intertwined with Him in order to do and live the life that He wants you to live because without Him, you can't do it. You can't do it. You try to go a day without Jesus, I guarantee you, you can't live the life He wants you to live. You just you just don't have it in you. We say, now hold on a second. If, if we can't do it, why does God want us to live it then? That just doesn't make sense, George. If I can't live the life He's calling me to, then why is He calling me to do it? Here's the reality. He's calling you to do it because he doesn't want you to do it alone. He knows that you can't do it by yourself, but he never intended for you to do it by yourself. He intended for you to live the life with the help of someone else. And my friends, that someone else is the Holy Spirit of God. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I need to make mention of this because that's what the whole lesson is on today, is the Holy Spirit. 
There are two extremes out there that people fall in when it comes to the Holy Spirit, and I need to mention them to you. One extreme is, and this is the extreme that we tend to fall in here, even in our church, is, is that we ignore Him. We don't have time for Him. In fact, a large number of people would even say, they question whether or not the Holy Spirit even exists. And the reality is, is that we don't really have a role for the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's one extreme where you don't even acknowledge Him. The other extreme is, is where the Holy Spirit becomes an experience. Where the Holy Spirit becomes a, an electric shock or some kind of force or something. And it's almost surreal and, and, and so forth. And there are some of those who fall into that category too. And that is another extreme where you don't exist, you don't recognize Him for who He is or you're looking for something out of Him for yourself personally. And that's not biblical either. Because I'm going to explain something to you. The Holy Spirit is not a power, although He's powerful. He's not an experience, although He's wonderful. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's a spirit. He's God. And you need to recognize that. And so what we're going to see is, is that in this passage today, John chapter 14, we're going to look at some verses in John chapter 15, as well as some verses in John chapter 16. Jesus is himself is going to explain what the Holy Spirit's role is in our lives if we're going to live the life of righteousness that he wants us to live. And we need to grasp a biblical view of the Spirit of God if we're going to live lives that aren't frustrated by what God calls us to do. So let's look, first of all, let's look with me, John chapter 14. Look with me at verse 16 through 18. First of all, let me set you the setting. Jesus is in the upper room. It's the night in which he is to be betrayed. He's with his disciples in the upper room celebrating the Passover meal. He just has told them that he's going to die, that he's going to be betrayed, and that he's going away. And so they're sad. So look with me now at verse 16. And here's what he says. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and be, will be in you. Look now with me, verse 18. And I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Look at verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. Now look over at chapter 15, look at verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Look now at verse 8 of chapter 16. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this judge, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. 
All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I say that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Several things we're going to look at. First of all, we're going to look at the promise of the Holy Spirit, what the role of the Holy Spirit is in our lives, and what he's supposed to do. And then we're also going to see the role of the Holy Spirit in the world. So let's look with me, first of all, the promise. Go all the way over to verse 16 of chapter 14. Chapter 14, verse 16. Here's the first thing I want you to see. God the Father sent someone in Jesus' place. God the Father sent someone in Jesus' place. Have you ever had the thought strike you, if only Jesus was here? You ever had that? If only Jesus was here, if only you were here, God, this stuff wouldn't take place, or God, you could get me through that. You ever had those kind of thoughts? I've had those kind of thoughts. Now, here's the problem with those kind of thoughts. It's not biblical. Because the reality is, is he's already sent someone. Jesus himself may not be here, but Jesus sent somebody else. He said to the disciples, I'm going to pray and the Father is going to send you another helper. Now, some Bibles translate that. The New King James translates it helper. I think the Old King James translated comforter. The word actually is, the Greek word is parakletos, or it can be translated paraclete. What it means is it's somebody who comes alongside of. It's like if, you know, Brad was limping here with a set of crutches, it would be someone who would come alongside of him and help him up the road. It's somebody who comes alongside of. So Jesus is promising that the Father is going to send someone else to come alongside of them, just like him. So God the Father is going to send someone in Jesus' place. Now here's the thing. He's not someone physical like Jesus that you can see, but he's spirit because he's the Holy Spirit. So we may not have Jesus with us, But God the Father has sent the Holy Spirit in Jesus' place. Here's the other thing I want you to see. He will dwell in us forever. Look with me. Look at verse 16 through 18, chapter 14. Here's what he says. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. So first of all, he's saying that this, this helper is going to be with us forever. He's not going to leave you, my friends. Let's go on and look at verse 17. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. So this Spirit is only for believers. The world can't receive it. Let's go on. Neither sees Him nor knows Him. So the, whole, the world can't comprehend the Holy Spirit. Because why? Because it's God. And if the world can't comprehend God, it's not going to be able to comprehend who the Holy Spirit is. But notice what it says about believers. But you know Him. For He dwells with you, and notice what it says, and will be in you. See, the interesting thing about the Holy Spirit is, when you had Jesus in his physical body, Jesus could only be where, where it's wherever Jesus was. So if he was in a house, he was in that house. When you talk about the Holy Spirit, where can the Holy Spirit be? Everywhere, wherever believers are. You understand, he's a spirit. He's not, he's not confined to a physical body. And so when you talk about him being with you forever, he's with you physically within you. In fact, isn't that the picture that we have in Acts chapter 2 when they were in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came upon them? They saw flames, what? Divide among them all. That's the picture of the Holy Spirit coming upon every believer there. So here's what I want you to see. The promise is this. He's going to send someone else just like Jesus to be with you. And that someone else, that Holy Spirit, is going to live within you, dwell within you forever. 
forever. So let me just stop for a moment. Let's think about this for a moment. All of us go through tough times, don't we? That you may be right here right now and you're going through a tough time. And when we go through tough times, especially when they're really tough, how many of you have had this feeling? You don't need to raise your hand because I don't need to see because I already know. Because I'm human. You're human. When we go through the tough times we go through, listen to me. When we go through the tough times we go through, there's a lot of times that will enter into our mind, God, you've left me. You've abandoned me. Don't we feel that way? God, where are you in the midst of my pain? Where are you in the midst of what I'm going through? Don't we feel that way, folks? Now, here's the thing. Those thoughts come out of our feelings because we feel alone. And actually, that's where the enemy wants us to be. He wants us to operate out of our feelings. Because when you talk about what truth says, what does truth say? Truth's right here in these verses. Verse 16, 17, 18. What? He will dwell in you. He will be with you forever. See, reality is, is he's with you. So, okay, let's back up. We're talking about, in phase two now, we're talking about living in righteousness, in Christ's righteousness, living the life that he wants us to live Here's the promise. God has given us a life that he wants us to live in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the reality. You and I can't do it alone. We need someone else to what? Come alongside of us. To help us. And it isn't it interesting that the Bibles describe the word in many different ways. Comforter. That's a good word. Why? Because you're going to struggle, aren't you? And you're going to need comfort. New King James, helper, you're going to need to be guided and helped. And that's the role of the Holy Spirit. That's the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He will dwell with us forever. So, okay, so he's going to be with us. So what's his role in my life? So let's look at that. We're going to talk about his role with believers. Look with me at verse 26 now of chapter 14, where we're going to see the first one. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. Here's the first thing I want you to understand. He will teach believers all things. Do you realize that when I speak, something spiritual happens? Do you realize that? Say, what do you mean? What, is there something about you? No, it has nothing to do with me. I'm just a voice. There's something spiritual that happens when I speak in your life is because the Holy Spirit takes the Word. He then opens it up in your mind and in your heart for you to see the things that He wants you to see. Because the Holy Spirit is teaching you the things that you need to be taught for your life. See, that's His role. His role in our life is to teach us all things. So, whether you're reading the Word of God, whether you're listening to a message or a Sunday school lesson I give, or listening to some guy on the radio or reading a book where the Scripture is being expounded, the Holy Spirit will teach you the things that you need for your life. Now, here's the interesting thing. In fact, I've learned to get used to it. Say, so what do you mean, get used to it? Well, when you're a pastor, you always have people come and say to you, oh, that's a great sermon, Pastor. I've learned to ignore that one. Because sometimes people fall asleep, and then they'll say after they wake up, that was a good sermon, Pastor. Maybe I need to listen to my own messages when I'm suffering from insomnia. But here's the thing. What I have had happen is this. I've had happen where I've had maybe three or four different people come during the week and say, God spoke to me through your message, and he spoke to me about this. 
And another person come and say, God spoke to me about this. And all three or four of them will have God speaking to them about something completely different. First of all, from each other. And here's the other one. Sometimes completely different than what I was speaking about. Because they were looking at the Word, and maybe they read a little bit farther, and God spoke to them through the Word. What's going on there? I'm telling you, it's something spiritual. God is speaking to their hearts. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, this is His role. The role of the Holy Spirit is to what? To teach us truth. So listen, some of you right now, you're defeated in your Bible time, your personal walk with God, and you're reading the Bible, and you're like, I'm not getting anything out of reading it. First of all, your whole approach is wrong. When I open my Bible, here's what I say. Holy Spirit, show me what you want me to see today. Teach me truth. In fact, isn't that what David said? Open your word that I may see wondrous things therein. Psalm 119. See, the Holy Spirit, his role with us is to teach us all things. You understand? He is here to instruct us. In fact, the first goes on. If you look at verse 26, look at verse 26 again. It's not just to teach us, but there's one other thing he's supposed to do there. What's it say there, folks? Not only will he teach us, but he will do what? Bring to remembrance. Help us remember. How many times have you sat there and you were sitting there and you're wanting a word from God and you say, Lord, I know there's something there that I've read before. I, I can't. And the Holy Spirit brings it to mind to help you to remember the truths that you need for your life right then. How many of you had that happen in your life? I have. What's going on there? It's the Spirit of God working, fulfilling His purpose in our lives. That's reality. That's reality. Let's go on now. There's another role that the Holy Spirit has with, with all of us. In fact, that's the next one. He helps us to remember. We've already talked about that. He helps us to remember. The third thing, we see this in verse 14 and 15 of John chapter 16. Turn over to John chapter 16. Look at verse 14 and 15. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Here's the other role that the Spirit has in our lives. Here's what it is. He will glorify God. The role of the Spirit of God in your life is always to magnify who? God. You understand? When the Holy Spirit works in your life, his sole purpose is not just to teach you and to guide you in this life so that you can be all that God wants you to be and, and live in the righteousness that He has for you. All of that is for one purpose, so that God is glorified in your life. Period. In fact, let's just stop for a moment. We just had worship. Brad led us, guided us in singing, which is a form of worship. It's not all worship. But the reality is, is that unless the music that you sing comes from your heart, it isn't worship. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you may have been here, and you were saying, Amazing love, me. I mean, you're just mumbling. But you weren't singing. That's not worship. Why? Because worship is, again, not just something you do. It's what the Spirit does through you. Why? Because the Spirit's role in your life is always to what? Glorify Jesus. In fact, in fact, in fact, if you go over to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you don't need to turn there. They had a problem in Corinth where they were having some manifestations happen within their congregation there. 
and they were doing some things, and they were saying it was of the Lord, but the things that they were doing was not of the Lord. In fact, here's how he told them, he flat out says to them, listen to me, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however they were led. Therefore, I make it known to you, no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one says that Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. What's he talking about here? You, the whole role of the Spirit of God in your life is to glorify Him. So you can't curse God if the Spirit of God is working through you. Because the role of the Spirit of God is to magnify who? God and Jesus Christ. Do you see what I'm saying? You can't curse Him. Because the role of the Spirit in your life is to glorify Him. So your worship is going to come out of where? Folks, where? The Spirit of God. Let me take it one step further because you say, I don't know that I'm getting this. I don't know I'm not comprehending this. Well, let me help you comprehend it a little bit more. Here's what Paul says. Paul says that we don't know how to pray. Yeah, how many of you have been frustrated in prayer? You, you know you need to pray, you just don't know how to pray. Let's be honest. How many of you have been frustrated? I've been frustrated, okay? Here's what the Apostle Paul says. That's normal. Because the reality is, is we don't know how to pray. But here's what he says the Spirit of God does. The Spirit of God intercedes on our behalf with what? Groanings that cannot be understood. The Spirit of God is the one who helps us to what? Pray. Why? Because when I'm praying, who, who am I talking to, folks? God. Who better to intercede on my behalf than who? God Himself, the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? So, here's the role of the believer. He's going to teach us all things. He's going to help us to remember. And here's the other thing. He's going to what? Glorify God. Glorify God. Glorify God. Now, here's the role that the Spirit has with the world. Look with me now at chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. And before we get into this verse, let me just say this. Some of you need to pay attention to this section. Say, so what do you mean? A lot of us here have unsaved loved ones, right? We have loved ones who don't walk with Jesus. And, and some of you, and especially those of you who have an unsaved spouse, you will try to do whatever you can do to get them to believe, right? Some of you have res resorted to an old-fashioned way of doing it. It's called nagging. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm saved. Nagging doesn't get me to do anything. How many of you like to be nagged? No one's a glutton for punishment here, huh? Nagging doesn't work. And when you talk about Someone understanding spiritual things, you're not going to convince them. So back off. It's going to have to be who? God. In particular, the Holy Spirit. So I want you to notice the role here. Look with me now. Look at chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. Here's what he says in verse 26. But when the Helper comes, I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father... He will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Here's what I want you to see. The first thing I want you to see about the role of the Holy Spirit is this. He will testify of Jesus Christ. Listen. The only person who can convince anyone of Jesus being Lord of God is the Holy Spirit. Period. We say, well, what's my role then? 
Notice what the role is. He says, he will testify of me. And here's what he says. You also will bear witness. You and I are just witnesses. It's the Holy Spirit who is the one who convinces. Do you understand? That will free you when you're sharing your faith. How many of you have been frustrated because you've shared your faith with an individual over and over for years and they just don't get it? In fact, you've been so defeated by it, you think there's something wrong with you. It must be the way I'm sharing. I tried it the way Billy Graham does. It doesn't work. If I only knew what George knew, I could answer the questions. My friends, it has nothing to do with that. You are simply to what? Bear witness. Who is it is the one who testifies? The Holy Spirit. You understand? It's the Holy Spirit. In fact, isn't that what Jesus said? No one comes to the Father... Except the Spirit, what? Draw them. The Spirit has to draw them. That's the reality here. So we see the Holy Spirit has a role in which he testifies to the world about Jesus Christ. But he also has another work, another role here. We see it in John chapter 16. Look with me at verse 8 through 11. And that's this. He will convict the world. He will convict the world. Look with me. John 16. Here's the thing he says. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe me. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father and they see me no more. And of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now here's what he's going to do. He's going to convict the world. Now let me just stop for a moment. Everybody understand what the word convict means? We usually think in terms of conviction, in terms of when we do something wrong and we feel bad. Is that the definition most of you have of convict? Well, the word actually goes beyond that. It actually also means convince. It's not just a conviction of feeling bad about doing something wrong. What the Holy Spirit does is that he convinces the world. Now, here's what he's saying. The Holy Spirit convinces the world in three areas. Three areas. Here's what they are. First of all, he convinces the world in the area of sin. And ultimately, the sin that he convinces them about or convicts them about, is the fact that they don't believe in who? Jesus. Look at what it says there, verse 9. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. The role of the Spirit is that in everyone's mind, the Holy Spirit convinces the world, convicts the world of their sin because they don't believe in Jesus. So let me just stop for a moment. I want you to fast forward with me to time, somewhere in the future. Somewhere in the future, there's going to be a great white throne judgment in which all the world will stand before the mighty king, Jesus, king of kings and lord of lords, the great judge. And at that moment, all the world will stand before him and be judged according to their deeds. Now, one of the things that they're going to be judged according, in fact, it says that because their names are not found in the book of life, they will be cast into hell. That's in Revelation chapter 21. One of the things that they're going to be dealt with about is the fact they did not believe. And at that moment, can I be honest with you, they're not going to stand before Jesus and say, who are you? Because they're going to know who he was and who he is. Because why? The Holy Spirit's role is, is with every human being, he convicts them of the sin of not believing in Jesus. Now the problem is, is you can just put that out of your mind, can't you? Here's the other area that he convicts them of. He convicts them of righteousness. He convicts them of righteousness. Why? Look at what he says in verse 10. 
Because I go to my Father and that you see me no more. See, when Jesus was there among them, he lived a sinless life. And because he lived a sinless life, his life was a conviction. And so there's this standard, and even though people want to reject it, they still have it. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.